Hello, Queer Coteers. It's me, Evil Jeff, and we are on 77, yes, I'd like a 7 and 7, please, of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I'm here with my co-host, Brett. Hello. It's 7-Up and Seagram's 7, right? Yeah, that's a se- is it called 7 and 7? Yeah, yeah, that's what that is, right? That's It's good, that's good. But it fucks you up. What Seagram's? What is Seagram's? Is it like some kind of liqueur? Is it a whiskey? Now I need God. to look it up. God, we're... I don't know. All I know is the um, last time I know someone did a Seagram's uh, 7 and 7, my friend, I was at a gay hot tub party, and my friend kept drinking them in a hot tub, which was not a power move, and then he started barfing everywhere in the hot tub. In the hot tub? Yeah. And oh, then God, while everyone else was person. starting an orgy, I had mm-hmm. to take him home. So, thanks a lot. Ugh. Anyway. That is no friend. I feel like that's a bad hangover drink. It is like a it's whiskey. It's like a Southern Comfort, champagne, white wine, like a heavy sugar. I mean, well, Seagram's is like, yeah, oh yeah, anything that's super sugary makes you feel like garbage. That's why tiki bars, you get super wasted because nothing tastes like alcohol, and then you feel like, like someone murdered you the next day. It tastes like juice, like for kids. Yeah. Mm. It's like Joe Camel being a cartoon character. Yeah. Do you, do you still smoke? Do you smoke? I have what I call a gentleman's cigarette every night with my glass of red wine. And that is, that is it. You have one cigarette a night. Correct. And you only have one glass of red wine? No, I have typically a bottle, but there's one, one, one of those glasses out of the four or five, depending on the four, uh, I will go outside and I'll have my gentleman's cigarette. What is your, what is your, uh, brand? Is it a camel? Camel blue. Camel blue. Ooh. Our sponsor, camel blue. Um, I, uh, never liked camels. I was more of a Marlboro and then uh, was Marlboro's when and I then started. A parliament, yeah. And then a parliament guy. I like the flick with the thumbnail of a parliament. And then when I embraced my homosexuality, I only would smoke like thin, Dick. long cigarettes. Yeah, well. Oh, but just like like Virginia Slims, Capris. Really? Did you become a 70-year-old woman named Bernice? I did. I kind of loved where people... And this was the other thing is I smoked... I realized when you smoke gross, faggy cigarettes... No one wants to bum one. So yeah, people will be like, oh, can I bum a cigarette? I'm like, it's a Capri menthol. And they were like, oh, oh no, God. thank you. Oh, ew. <laughs> oh, my God. That's um, mom, dad, I'm gay. And I shall now be called Bernice. Give me a Virginia Slim and a seven and seven. <laughs> I know some people go to turn to Britney Spears. I just turned into like an old, yeah, I turned into a grandma. <laughs> turned into slot machines and reruns of the Carol Burnett show. Ugh. Um, how have you been? Anything new and fascinating happened to you recently? Why, yes, thanks for asking. I took a trip to my old stomping ground of Chicago for C2E2. What happened at C2E2? I have seen oh, some pictures. I, I was, uh, 
it was great. I, I got to tell you, I'm still f- um, suffering from post-con blues. There's just something great about doing a con all three days, like making a vacation out of it. When I lived in Chicago, I just went Saturday to C2E2. All right, that, that's, that'll be my Saturday. Yeah. But now that I don't live there anymore, I got to make a trip of it. And I did. Friday was spent see, like, alone, but seeing people who I knew bumping into mm-hmm. and hanging out with new friends. Uh, Saturday was a day of friends, of reuniting with old friends who I moved away from. And Sunday was just me shopping, digging through discount trade boxes. That was delightful. And then you ended the night at Steamworks. I did. Uh, I had a great time. I went to the Geeks Out party, which happened to be in my old neighborhood. Oh, fun. Uh, across town in Chicago. Was it just at someone's house or was it like at a bar? No, it was at a bar called The Call that I used to live around the corner from. Oh, is that a gay bar now? It, the Call was always a gay bar. I had never heard of that when I lived there. It was on Bryn Mawr. It is on Bryn Mawr. Uh, in oh, Andersonville. Oh, yeah, that was too far away. Yeah, it was too far away. I went there a lot because it was a stop on the zombie pub crawl that I used mm. to do. But it was the one where when I was like a zombie leader and I had to lead a horde of zombies uh, on the pub crawl. Right. I'm like, all right, we're going to the call. Do and you remember? Like, oh, Jesus. It's oh, so my far. God. Flashback memory. I have a memory of you when we ran into each other once years ago when I still lived in Chicago and you were doing a zombie pub crawl. I was probably leading a like a group. It was like at Wasted. what's the, what's the place next to Touche? Uh, I, we didn't go up that far. This was one time I could have sworn I ran into you at Touche or one of those like northern Jackhammer. Jackhammer. Yes. It, it, no, I think. I think your memory is askewed. Could it have been? We felt that you were so far north, but it was just Andersonville. Could we have been, maybe it. it was Big Chicks. Fine. We never did Big Chicks. Which one did uh, you? Maybe I was like I was done. It was probably Mary's Attic. I don't know. I mean, I'm talking right, about we have this listeners. Was, I'm talking about 2008. Every year it was in Andersonville, and it was from Sofo to the Call. All right. Maybe you just maybe it was a touche and you just looked really bad and you weren't just dressed as a zombie. I just <laughs> that's probably that's actually pretty likely. Um, so Friday at C two E two was all about because I got a press badge for this show. I used miles to fly there. Did you do any and interviews I, or get? I did. Well, I covered. Um, I live tweeted the um, Marvel Next Big Thing panel. Fabulous. And I picked up a lot of books, which we'll talk about on future shows. Okay. Um, like indie books. Uh, so Friday, though, since in my hotel, uh, I got a bonus at work, which paid for the hotel. So this was essentially a free trip for me. So I spent my money on photo ops. Mm. And I, did I see you, a picture of you with a certain Ant-Man? I took a picture with Paul Rudd. And oh my God. it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Have you How? ever done a photo op at a con? 
No, no, because I it's never there. First of all, it's never the 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 caliber. There's never a Paul Rudd caliber. There's never a Paul Rudd. It was that's worth the amount of money. Anyone that's like, oh, I take a picture with you, then they're like, it's two hundred dollars. I'm like, no, not for you, Paul Rudd. Yes, I would spend. How much was Paul Rudd? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. I would spend two hundred dollars to take a picture of Paul Rudd. What? Okay, I want to know. There's a thing with some actors where you're like, oh, you're shorter in person. Oh, you're more this in person. And others, you're like, oh, my God, how are you even more beautiful in person? What is he like in person? I want to know. So my first impression was, oh, my God, he is adorable. Oh. He is so he. Paul Rudd is so Paul Rudd. He he acts exactly like like the guy who says lines in movies, like he's just it's just him. It's it's he's exactly Paul Rudd. Why is he even doing this? He's probably making bank, and I'm but sure. But I Marvel mean, he's already like, making no, bank. Hey, please, I. So two hundred dollars and tens of thousands of people. How much of a cut of the two hundred do you think he gets? Because it's Paul Rudd, he probably gets 60%. 100? Yeah, 120. $120 for every fucking picture he takes. He made a cool million. That's insane. It's insane! But when you take one of these things, you wait in line outside of the pipe and draped area forever... But you're inching along, you're inching along. Everyone in line is like, oh, what should we do? What should we make him do? Like, he's a monkey. Like, they're monkeys. What should we make him do? So you keep going, you keep going. And you get into, like, the first, like, the foyer that is carved out of pipe and drape. And there are shelves. And people say, whatever you don't want in the photo, put on these shelves. Okay. You do that. And you just took your and shirt you off. Just kind of, I took, took my shirt off. Took off your off, pants. Put my cock ring on. <laughs> I, they had spares. I uh, turned left 90 degrees and I'm now in the line where we're about, he's about, there's about six people in front of me. Now, and is it one of those things moment. where there's a curtain or can you see him at this point? Or is he still That's the up? moment where you see him. Oh, okay. After you put your backpack down and make that 90 degree turn left. Now it's real. That's when you see him for the first time and it's real. <gasps> were you nervous? And you, you get so nervous and you start to study them while still freaking out about what you're going to do and what you're going to say. Like, it's such a freak out what you're going to say, yeah. what you're going to do. Cause everyone wants to stand out. Everybody yeah. wants to make an impression, but it's like, there's 10,000 people. He's not going to remember anything, but you're not thinking that way. You're all you think about. It is just you and him or her or them. And you have to make those 10 seconds, 10. If you're lucky, count what did you do so i notice that he like i is wearing a black sweater <laughs> you have and your I am head. so i have my line i'm so relieved i have my line so we're inching up we're inching up two people in front of me girl in wheelchair can't top that Oh, what uh, a bitch, faker. No, I'm just what kidding. a bitch. But Paul Rudd high-fived her. I, and my heart grew three sizes. Then I noticed, huh, really short. 
And like not as well, he was wearing you know wearing a sweater, but like you've seen the body shots of him. Yeah. You know, but like you wouldn't look at Paul Rudd and be like, "Ooh, the body on that one." It's and it's kind of part of, like the way he's dressed. Like he's in like baggy, comfy clothes. Okay. Are you saying he's out of shape now? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Not at all. He's just um, he's slighter than you think he'd be. How tall is he? And I'd say five. Nine? Mm. Yeah. That's good. Five ten? Okay. I can yeah. do it. I can ride it. Yeah. Into oh into it. But then the then the like the, the, the headline, the main thing I noticed was he is moisturized to the gods. Do, is that do you think he's Botoxed? Maybe. I, I I can easily see his forehead being Botoxed, yes. Because Botox Absolutely. makes it look like there's like a thin sheen of butter on your face. Yeah, and he, uh, I think he was Botoxed. Okay. But, like, not emotionless. I mean, yeah. if there's anything, th- my description of Paul Rudd is he's a big, cute smile on legs. He's Have you seen the, big, the gay sex smile. scene with him in that new movie yet? Where he's getting butt fucked? No. No. There's a movie where, like, he's, in, like, a filmmaker with this other actor, and, and they adopt a kid. And then he's like getting fucked. No. And he has a big beard. Look it up. I will. Um, so I walk up to Paul Rudd and I say, uh, I got the black sweater memo. Oh my God. Oh, please. You know, this is going to be the, so you're like, you're basically forcing him to laugh at a bad joke. Yep. And he was like, uh, ha, goes, ha, ha. yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, so what do you want to do? You want to like be like happy bromance bros, excited bros, action heroes, sexy bros. And he's like, well, you decide. I don't know. And I'm like, okay. And we found ourselves standing kind of like arm to arm. And he goes, you know what? Do you want to do like a perfect strangers kind of thing? Yes. And I was like, yes, I'll be Balky. And then we just hit that pose that we have in the photo. um, And this is the cutest thing. He looks at me and grabs my arm and says, that is objectively the cheesiest photography pose any two people can do. And I say, yes, and therefore it's the best. Thank you so much. And walked away. And I felt good about that moment. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Because it's a moment. It it's a moment. It wasn't just like, hi, a picture. Okay, bye. You know, that's how most of them are. Did you see anybody yeah. bite it? Like, did you see anybody like, oh, they were just so in awe by fame. They just kind of like were in a haze and just fucked it all up. I, I didn't, I, I can't tell a story. The guy in front of me was kind of a hopeless case and you know, he was kind of in and out. Paul Rudd will never remember him. Um, <laughs> but no, I didn't see anyone really shit the bed. I also took a photo with Phil Coulson and Melinda May. From Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Yes, and if you remember, me and my friend Jamie, who has been on our show, we took a photo with Fitz and Simmons from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we walked up to them and said, okay, pretend we're best friends, we do this all the time, and we are cracking up, and then we all just started laughing, uh, and that was the picture, and it was great. Did you do the same thing with them? I wanted to do the same thing with them, but I think Clark Gregg was, like, I think he was in, like, a shitty mood. When I was six people, like when I saw him for the first time, them for the first time, my thoughts were, 
oh my god, Ming-Na Wen is adorable and gorgeous, and Clark Gregg is shorter than I thought, and he looks so miserable. And there was a moment where, like, people who were two or three people in front of me were hesitating, and he was like, all right, guys, come on, come on. I was like, oh, shit. Someone was on his period. Someone was on his period, maybe because he died twice. And I walk up with the photo of me, Jamie, and Fitz and Simmons. And I was like, hey, guys, this is the energy I thought we could go for in this photo. By the way, do you recognize my friend Jamie? And I point to her. And it dawns on them that she's the one that hosted their 100th episode panel in Los Angeles, which is why we had her on the show that one time. Mm-hmm. And Clark Gregg goes, oh, is that Jamie Jirak? And I was go. like, yeah. She says hi. And by then the photographer is like, all right, guys, let's go. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, so that laughing thing. Right, let's scream. <laughs> like, and then we screamed in the photo. But Ming-Na Wen just stayed cute. Love it. It was great. Saturday, we saw the Clueless panel. Mm-hmm. I saw, baby, I saw Alicia Silverstone. I wonder, she had a new show out that, like, came and went and then disappeared on she Showtime. She has a movie out with, oh, really? Yeah. It was, like, took place in, like, the, the late 70s, early 80s. I saw a movie with her and Kristen Witter called Ritter called Vamps about, like, the dating scene in New York, but there are vampires. That's, like, how long ago was that? Oh, I don't know. That's long ago. Oh! Vamps? Unless it's a sequel. <gasps> Is there a sequel? No, I don't think so. I think it's old. Also, we were in line to get into the panel, and... The manager of the event staff uh, is yelling things at people. I've got my back to him. I turn around. It's my goddamn friend from college. Wow. And we're in Chicago. I went to college in Washington, D.C. And I'm like, Matt, what the fuck? I haven't seen him in over 10 years. And he's like, Brett, what the fuck? Long story short, he's like, all right, guys, come with me. He puts us in the second row front center. Wait, what? The clueless panel. Wait, he was running the Clueless panel? Yeah, he was running the crowd control. That's so crazy. Had you what ever seen him since college? No, I had no idea he worked for Reed Pop. Well, that's great. Oh, my God. Second row center. Love it. Brecken Meyer. Mm. Uh, went to the Marvel Next Big Thing panel. Oh, wait, wait, wait. In the Clueless panel, was there like a in memoriam, let's have kind thoughts about Brittany Murphy? Stacey or Dash. Oh, no. Uh, they spoke about Brittany Murphy very kindly. Uh, you can tell they really adored her. Uh, one other funny thing that happened was uh, Donald Faison. It was Breckenmeyer, Donald Faison, Alicia Silverstone, and uh, Paul Rudd being interviewed. Uh, Donald Faison's like, you guys, do you remember when the four of us went out for my 21st birthday and we went to a bar and we met William Zabka, the bad guy, Johnny from Karate Kid. And <laughs> like, he was telling, he was asking about the birthday before he got to William Zabka. He's like, don't you remember? We went to this bar, we went out, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, we don't remember. And don't you remember? Like, we like, you know, took the taxi that, no, we don't remember. I don't remember. Don't you remember we met William Zabka, the bad guy from Karate Kid, and Paul Rudd freaks out. Legit freaks out. He, like, grabs Donald Faison's leg. Is like, oh, my God. 
He's here. William Zabka. <laughs> He's at C2E2. And I was just talking to him. And I was reminding him of the time I met him years ago in a bar. And he asked me about the context. When? What were you doing? And I couldn't remember. <laughs> But here you are telling me it was when we took you out for your birthday. Somebody please go get William Zapka. Is he still here? It was so funny. Did they get did he come? No, no. Oh, that would have been amazing. It was amazing. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Uh, I was so wanted I always wanted that to be a name of my improv team. And no one ever went along with it. Oh. Sweep the leg. I think that would be a good improv team, but whatever. All right, well, let's make this an improv show, and we'll call it Sweep the Leg. Okay. Um, so that was C2E2. I mean, like, you know, I found some great, great trades, one of which I'll bring up in a, later on in the show. Uh, but how, damn, I How love that was shit. the men? Because remember, when we were in L.A., it was pretty, the Comic-Con there was pretty boring, but there was some really hot guys dressed up as oh, our favorite comic book people. How was the Chicago beefcake? It's it's the city of big shoulders. Yeah. Oh, it's a bunch of farm hands. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Farm God stock. Damn. There was some goddamn. Um, in fact, like, I. What's your favorite cosplay? Re- Oof. There was a um, like old school Aquaman. Oh, uh, the bl- blonde. Ooh. Yeah, but shirtless. But Ooh. just like the the pants blonde with the trident. Mm. I could not. And there's something about a something about a guy in a Spider-Man costume. I don't know what you look like, but I know the silhouette ain't bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the beef was nice. What also was nice was the Marvel Next Big Thing panel. Ooh. Who was there? So they, uh, it was C.B. Sobolski, the editor-in-chief. And he was talking about Marvel Slate comics for 2019. And the first thing he brought up was um, War of the Realms. And he brought out, they did it different. They had no table and they recognized that. They started off with like an energizing video. They had no table. They just didn't know if they were going to stand or sit. Like they just wanted to be closer to the people. You could tell they're trying to change up their What was the video about? Uh, what's better, New York pizza or Chicago pizza, according to the Marvel creators? What? Okay. Yeah, it was just some bullshit. Just to get the, like, blood pumping. <laughs> so right. he brings out Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron talks about War of the Realms, and Jason Aaron reveals that he's going to be writing. Jason Aaron writes Thor, and he's going to do the big War of the Realms event. He's also going to write a Valkyrie solo book. Okay. Then they. Um, started talking about X-Men. And they said that there are a few big milestones in the X-Men's rich history where the game changed, where the book changed. And they, those milestones... They keep saying that every couple of years, though. Don't you oh, feel... Oh, I know. Those milestones were Giant Size X-Men 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, shit. I mean, oh, a G- Jim, uh, Lee. Jim Lee's Jim Lee yeah, X-Men Jim Lee's one. X-Men number one. Um, Age of Apocalypse. And Morrison's new, new X-Men, X-Men number one. Uh, and now is the time for another one of those leaps. Um, and in the, the worst kept secret of the past few weeks 
Ladies and gentlemen, the man who will be taking over the X titles in July, Jonathan Hickman. You know, and everyone cheered and, you know, laughed because everyone knew. Uh, what else does Hickman Jonathan Hickman do? He did uh, the Secret Warriors, uh, the Shield books with like Leonardo da Vinci. Um, he had a big Fantastic Four run. But his big, big, big thing was he did the Avengers leading up to and wrote Infinity, which was like when Sunspot and Cable were on the Avengers, like right. the big Avengers machine with Avengers right. World. Yeah, he did that. And Infinity with, you know, he created the Black Order. Okay. So he's taking over X-Men and he's going to be heading up two titles, writing two titles. One is called House of X and the other is written Powers of X, but it's actually Powers of Ten. What? Yes. So the two new titles are going to be House of X and Powers of Ten. One is drawn, this is the best part, one is drawn by Pepe Larraz. Who, as we both said, I think he was our top pick. Our top. Best artist last year. And Yep. And the other one is R.B. Silva, who would, he's the one we like um, in, in terms of the rotating artists on like Uncanny X-Men 1 through 10 before Age of X-Men. Like he would be the one whose art would mm. be like, all right, this book was great. Yeah. Two great, great, great <clears throat> artists. But they released, they're like, we can't show you what's in the books, but we can show you this teaser image. And now... I feel like you and I should open this puppy up and really dive into this shit. Okay. Like starting like top left and just zigzag around. Wait, now I'm looking at, I'm just trying to see if this is the, if the one I'm looking at looks like it's cropped. So now I need to figure out. Yes, there, the one I'm looking at is cropped, but I remember um, what's below it. Uh, for you see, I asked a question I got up to the mic and asked a question at the Marvel Next Big Thing panel, and my question was so good, Already they gave me it. a rare print. What? What There's was your question? There was only 20 prints of that teaser image, and I got one. What did you ask? I'm framing that shit. So Hickman said, out of all four of those milestones, my Mar uh, Morrison's run is my favorite. Uh, and then right before I was going to ask my question, I was going to ask, like, if you could sum up your run, it, run in one word, what would it be? Um, but instead, he dropped Marvel Boy and how much he loved Morrison's Marvel Boy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pivot to a question, a new question I just thought of. What is your favorite moments of Grant Morrison's new X-Men run? Ooh. And he gave me that bullshit answer of like, well, I just love the tone of the whole thing. I was like, you didn't read it, you fuck. Did you say that? No, oh. I should have. <laughs> I was thinking it. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But wait, why did you get a book for that? I don't know. I think they were like running out of time and they needed to give away like five more. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be some mind-blowing thing. <laughs> What, a mind-blowing question? <laughs> well, that they were like, everyone applauded after you asked and they answered it and everyone well, applauded ooh, and gave We had to say our name. You'll like this. We had to say our name and our favorite character. And I was wearing my Emma Frost through the years shirt. So I said, my name is Brett and my favorite character, my favorite Marvel character is Emma Frost. And the crowd went wild. There you go. 
So Thank that's you. fucking great. Thank you. Um, someone hit me up on Grinder, and they had a thing that said Team Emma. Get out of here. No, 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 it didn't say, it said, um, no, it said, uh, no, no, that's not what it said. It said Emma was right too. Because you know, like, Magneto was right, Cyclops was right. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, is that X-Men? I wasn't even interested in the person. I know, right? Like, but I was like, is that X-Men? He's like, yeah, that's Emma Frost. I was like, ah! Oh, my God. And then I was like, Joe, I can do. can I talk to you? I was like, I do a podcast, listen to it. I'll sleep it's with about you. Emma Frost and comics. I'll sleep with you just if you could get more listeners to our podcast. Yes. All right. Well, I think we should take a look at this. I found the full image. Okay, great. This is so exciting. Now, I'm assuming... Okay. okay, so in the center, there's a bench. Who the fuck is that lady sitting on the bench with Professor X? So as I would say, if you want to go along with us, look up House of X, Powers of X. If you Google it, you'll find the image that we're talking Try about. Try to find the image with um, a lot of greenery at the bottom where you can see... Xavier and Moira McTaggart. Is that Moira McTaggart? Full bodies. Absolutely. Why is she front and center? That's weird. Because that's what I thought and it is, but I'm like, why? And she's dead. What do, you, what do you notice about Xavier? Well, that it's the old Xavier, and he doesn't have a wheelchair. And he's, he's, he's sitting cross-legged, which means he has the use of his legs. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, is, is that X, though? Like Phantom X. It looks like Xavier to me. It looks like a young Xavier next to a young Well, maybe it's Moira. Phantom X, but he shaved his head. Maybe. But that's the thing. Are these all just past stories, or are all of these things going to come up in future well, stories? Let's go through. Let's, let's go through because let's, start, let's go up to the top left. So we, we see Xavier Moira front and center. In fact, let's talk about the center, actually. Xavier and Moira on a bench, and then standing above them, looking towards Xavier, is a very classic-looking Magneto. Yep. And above on one Magneto is Apocalypse and Cable. But it's old Cable. It's old Cable. And here's the thing. That gun is something. I want to say that gun is the gun that Forge used to take Storm's powers away. Do you know that for I a fact? I may not. I know for a fact that that gun is I something thought it was a from rifle. X-Men history. No, it's, it's a pistol. He's, he has two hands on a pistol. No, no, no. I mean, but when, when, when that was used to take out Storm, that was just a little gun? I thought it was like a rifle or something. You like, I thought it was right. bigger. But I, I don't remember 100%. But, right? That gun is something. But then if we go to the sides of Magneto, on his left side, we see Storm and the Dazzler, Disco Dazzler. And on the other side, we see classic 90s Cyclops with Black King, Emma Frost. What's super interesting is that Emma Frost is one of the only characters in this whole thing that seems to be her current version. Yeah. 
And so I just looked it up. That gun that Cable is holding is absolutely Forge's power eraser. It is? All right, that's yes. pretty fucking cool. So we've got classic Dazzler, uh, 90s, one my argues, classic Cyclops, uh, Mohawk, Mohawk Storm, uh, Black King, Emma Frost, who is super extra. She, the way she's posing these days, post-Black King announcement. Yeah. Emma has gotten so much more extra, and I'm here for it. I love so it. So here's an here's what's interesting. Um, look between Scott and Emma. Is that either Black Tom Cassidy or Namor? Who who is it's, that? It is Grant Morrison's Wolverine. The dog tags. Oh. Oh, okay. I did not get that. I guess he is short. <laughs> I was off. Yeah. But then there's another Wolverine underneath. Weapon X. Weapon Wolverine. X Wolverine. And then there's another Wolverine all the way to the right. Classic brown suit Wolverine. Who one might argue is current Wolverine. <sighs> well, there's two Storms as well. So we have Mohawk Storm, who we mentioned. And also... Little Kid Storm. Little Egyptian Thief Storm. Or or Nanny Storm. Or Nanny Storm. Do you know what's the significance of Nanny Storm? Here's some trivia that I know you know. But what who what character was introduced with young Nanny Storm? And what character is nowhere to be found on this poster? True. Mr. Gambit. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, speaking of which, do we see Rogue anywhere? Nope. Do you see Psylocke anywhere? If they fucking do something to Psylocke, I swear to God. She just became white again. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste. Um, I don't want to get to the character all the way on the left yet, because who the fuck knows. But let's go above Storm. That looks like Vulcan to me. The third Summer's brother. Above Storm? Above Child Storm. Oh, yeah, it could be. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And then to the right of him, a very classic-looking Marvel girl, Jean Grey. Interesting that they've got Jean, Emma, and Scott in a row with Emma in between Jean and Scott. I have to think that's deliberate. All I know is I am so here for what is coming. These X-Men books coming up are basically so pivotal for you and me, Brad. It's a reunion of Scott and Emma. Like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Um, In between Gene and Emma is classic Thunderbird from Giant Size X-Men 1. Yeah. And to his right... Classic Jubilee. Jubes. Jubilation. What is she? What's her shirt? She looks like Robin. But that's, you know, that's what her thing was based off of. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you remember what in Amalgam Comics, what the combination of Jubilee and Robin was called? What? Sparrow. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Above Vulcan. Very classic looking. No longer his foppish 
Victorian persona, which I'm partial to. Mr. Sinister. And then above him is Warlock, who is supposedly dead or evaporated. Yeah, but is still inside the New Mutants, who are not found. But uh, did you read? Although there is an element of one. I will say, though, there are solicitations for up to like June, I believe. And, you know, I looked at them and the latest covers show a Danny Moonstar without any uh, techno organic virus. Yeah. I mean, she's big in War of the Realms. Yeah. Well, she's going to be. And she doesn't have. She's Valkyrieing up. Again. Fuck yeah. And I hope that also she just has her fucking powers back. Too. Right. Also, that warlock, though, like, that's a very classic-looking warlock. Yeah. Like, I'm going to... There's a book I'm going to bring up when we're through with this exercise, and it reminds me of the warlock from that book. But to the right of him, his left, one of our favorites... Gateway? From the Outback. Yeah. Where's he been? Where's that boy been? But then behind him is uh, Blink. Exiles Very much blink. from Age of Apocalypse. And then behind him, I guess that's Iceman. Now, this Iceman. I've been struggling with what this could be today's Iceman. This could be Age of Apocalypse Iceman. No? I don't know. Okay, so here's one crucial one. The insectozoid thing. Seemingly is, on Apocalypse's shoulder. What is that from? Yo, that's Sikorsky, the medic of the Starjammers. What is that doing there? Starjammers. Well, why aren't any other... Wait, are any other Starjammers there? Nope. But there is other space people that could be Vulcan. Oh, yeah. And then down in the... Well, we'll get to her, but Lalandra's fucking there, too. Lalandra's chilling. But then, is that toad above Cable? Yeah, that's a classic-looking toad. And then, is that a big sentinel in the back, in the upper corner? Looks like Master Mold to me. Oh, Master Mold, right! Behind, Archangel. And Phoenix. Is that and Rachel Excalibur, Summers? Rachel Summers. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, that that's looks absolutely. like... That's, that's Rachel Phoenix. And that's Rachel from... Like Excalibur. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, with her Nimrod. mullet hairdo. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got some Nimrod, Firestar, Old School Bishop, Old School Beast, unless that's Dark Beast. Like Avengers Beast. There's a sexy uh, Nightcrawler with a, with a headband. A swashbuckling, yep. <laughs> A swashbuckling nightcrawler. And then, for some and reason, there is a child havoc. What is that about? The X-Babies. That is so crazy from, that they chose that from, from Mojo, Mojo. From the Mojo world. Oh, it's crazy. And now, Wait. the Kudig. Well, so notice something about the ground. Looks like Krakoa to me. And the stuff towering in the back, like the lit up tree. That's all Krakoa. 
And then there's, is that the, the black, what is it? The blackbird? The blackbird in the background as well. And that, but who the fuck is the pointy eared? Is that North Star? No, wait a minute. It looks like an orange Nightcrawler. I was going to say, wait, he has the fingers of Nightcrawler. He has Nightcrawler's fingers, but he's red like Azazel. What is that about? And he's got like some sort of pocketbook, some purse. That makes no sense, as does the other person on the other side of the front. Who the fuck is that? I don't know, but she's got Rasputin things all over her. Who is this? Why does she have Magic Sword and Colossus's skin? It's Colossus and Magic. It's Colossus and Magic's daughter. Oh, that's fucked up. That is fucked up. No, wait, 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 wait. In the Warpies. No, wait. Who was Magic warped with in the Warpy world? Sabretooth. Sabretooth? Magic and Sabretooth? In the Infinity Warps? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But this does, it looks like if Magic and Colossus were combined. Yeah. It looks like the daughter of Colossus who got Magic's soul sword. Okay, here, you know what I am, okay, we're going to just dive real quick. Oh, we're not, okay, yep. No, because I'm just going to, we're going to dive real quick into things I am 100% not fucking here for. Whatever this (laughs) House of X or Powers of X, I don't want to see anyone from another fucking dimension or another fucking timeline. Stop it. All right, that's all. Right? That's all I'm going to say. It's a little like after Age of X-Men, it's like are we going to do but we don't know what this is. We don't know. Are However, you, are you talking about Toad? No, I'm talking about underneath Moira McTaggart. Next to the Cerebro helmet on the ground. Wait, what? That's just feet. Do you see to the left of Moira? Like to the left of her foot. It looks like one of Krakoa's tentacles, but it's not. It has eyes. I thought that was just Magneto's foot. No, to the left. What is it? It's Bill the Lobster from the Fallen Angels miniseries. The one about Sunspot and Siren and Multiple Man. It's fucking the green lobster from that shit. It's Bill the Lobster. Oh, for Christ's sakes. And no. what discount trade did I find at C2E2? I found the Fallen Angels hardcover for five bucks. Da, 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 da. It all came full circle. Bill the Lobster's back in our lives. Do you know what's exciting me about this is actually who isn't there? Because it's making me believe that they are a new team. Yeah. I feel, I wonder if Powers of 10, do you think that's a team with 10 people on it? Maybe. But here's the deal. I think Rogue, Kitty Pride, and Psylocke and Gambit might be on their own team. Maybe. And Colossus. And I would be 100% there for that. That would be incredible. Colossus, Kitty, Rogue, Gambit, maybe add in a North Star. I'd be down for that. But that's the mm-hmm. thing. We don't know if any of this is just 
best of? Because Mara McTaggart, how the fuck is she going to come back? Is Xavier, I do think, and I said this many episodes ago, that I think they, they always want to do a reboot and they're going to try and get the old school Xavier is back leading the school. Yeah, Moira looks very 60s in this image. And I do... Right? Th- doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely looks old school. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down for this. I'm excited for this, but I'm also excited because like House of X versus Powers of X. I'm wondering if House of X is the school and Powers of X is the, like the force team, like the go team. Yeah. Kind of like uh, new X-Men and what was the extreme X-Men? The um, evidently this is big. Other creators are like, I know exactly what this is. I know what Hickman is doing, and it's going to blow everybody's minds. We'll see. I hope so. I feel like we'll it see. will. We shall see. We shall see. I talked to Matthew Rosenberg, who writes Uncanny X Men, and said I really like it. And he said, "Good. It's about to get really weird, though." <laughs> Is he talking about Uncanny? Yeah, the current. Well, shit. We know it is. We know it is. Should we Should we dive into uh, some of these X-Books? Let's dive into some of these X-Books. Do you want to start with that Uncanny X-Men? Yeah, let's do it. The Spooky Kids? But Don't worry, the Spooky Kids will get them. That's how... Havoc or Majorax refer to the New Mutants? Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) The Spooky Kids? (laughs) That's right. I forgot that part. Um, Right now, it's still feeling... You know what this is feeling like to me? And I don't hate it. And I know you're, like, so there for it. But this feels like um, post-Outback issues of X-Men, where it's like... All right, like right yeah. in between Outback and the Jim Lee, it's like this like in between team that's not really going to be the team because we know all the other X Men are coming back. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, it's just kind of like it just still feel even though it's well written and it's exciting and I like it, it still is like filler. <laughs> yeah, like the like, issue get, with like Polaris and Banshee and Legion, like that, the Muir Island X Men. Yeah, because yeah. you know, like we're all just this is all just filler until you get to the next House of X, Powers of X shit. Um, totally. Because like for me, this one ended with Steve Rogers, so Captain America is like, we have to talk, and I'm like, that's gonna be your big twist. Who gives a fuck? I don't give a fuck about Captain America talking yeah, to the X-Men if- because the X-Men don't give a fuck. The X-Men are like, fuck you, Steve Rogers. Next. I wonder if they're changing that. I wonder if they're going to change kind of the dynamic of the X-Men in the like broader universe. Well, I definitely want to see. I am there for because Havoc and Captain America have probably the most history out of anyone there. Yeah. From Uncanny Avengers. One thing that I think is happening is we've got Wolfsbane, Havoc, Madrox, 
I feel like there's someone else on a team and we're not addressing that history of X factor. Yeah. Um, I would love it if they branched off into Especially with strong guys death. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they will. Although for me, it's not X factor unless Peter David is writing it. I think he's written every yeah. iteration of X Factor since uh, he took oh, over. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, Uncanny X-Men, they didn't get to Hope and Banshee just yet. Filler. Yeah, just, yeah it felt kind of like filler to me. Yeah. Get to it. Uh, but meanwhile, in the Age of X-Men universe... We had Amazing Nightcrawler and Next Gen. Yeah, this, it's so... This whole thing of like... Of like, oh... I know this is the reason I'm not buying a lot of this love stuff. Is because I'm not seeing... There's too many people that are failing and fucking... And not enough people, main characters that hate that idea and think it's gross. Know what I mean? Yeah. I need to, Yeah, like, no, I do. Because it needs to feel like that's the norm, that being in love and not being related to anybody, that's the norm. And anything else is weird and gross. But they keep focusing on these people that are falling in love. So it just ends up seeming like, isn't... And then Nightcrawler goes to this underground, which is kind of like a San Francisco... Like a, like a underground, like pre-Stonewall gay bar but for people that want to <laughs> fuck and then yeah. there's like lesbians and gays and everyone's there and then Nightcrawler shows up and they're like it's safe here and it's like he's fucking Nightcrawler it's like no he's not he's the most famous person in the world he can't show his face yeah. in there that's so stupid I feel like they addressed it with the whole like no like we don't we don't do that here like everybody respects everybody's anonymity and Megan still Megan isn't acting it. like Megan. I don't know who that character is. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So it's it's well written, but everything is just it's conceptually. not conceptually. I'm more have a problem with it conceptually. Um, yeah. yeah. Then we had Next Gen. That one I'm enjoying a lot. Beautifully more. drawn. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying one a lot that more. a lot. Um, I. Especially Especially enjoy the scene where they instruct Anoli Anal to be um, to take these rainbow poppers. <laughs> yeah, it's so. There's so many weird gay references in this shit. This is. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I think maybe you and I should be appreciating this whole Age of X Men thing for the queer arc it's intended to be. Do you think it's accidental? Hey, do you remember Earring Magic Ken? Huh? You don't remember Earring Magic Ken? No. Oh, yes. It was basically... Ken they with made, an earring. They made Earring Magic Barbie, but then they made wanted Earring Magic Ken. So they took him out. They, like, went out to... They are like, oh, let's just look at stylish things. And apparently the person who styled him went to a gay bar, and they ended up giving him basically the gayest outfit from the 1990s. Like with a midriff a, showing? With a cock ring on a necklace. 
And then he ended up having to be taken off stores because everyone realized, oh, <laughs> this Ken has it. a cock ring. I wonder how accidental this is. I'm like, they're snorting poppers? And then who is this unveil? Wait, Ken doesn't even have a cock. I know that's well. Well, it fell off because he had the cock ring on too tight. <laughs> Actually, when I was in college, I wrote... A f- I made a photo essay, a photo book about where all the Ken's dicks are. And it was about how Barbie was a Nazi feminist <laughs> and she oh chopped all their dicks off when they were made so that they would be, um, uh, was when they were being born. And then in I, it, I found a trunk full of little plastic penises and then I went to, um, distribute them back all out to everybody. I would anyway. love to write a show about where, all the kids' penises went. Where have all the penises gone? Um. Anyway. Uh, Next gen yeah. is, gr- is good. But unveil. But then they're snorting the stuff. That's they're basically just snorting the farts of that new extracts character. And what does it do again? It opens up their minds, baby. It's like somehow making them not remember. I don't know. It's all. It's just. I don't know. I don't know. But I do like that how Glob was like, oh, I just thought, because we're like, oh, he lit his wax on fire and covered her. That must be the magic things that makes people remember. And he's like, well, I don't know if it does. I just figured I'd do it. <laughs> I don't know. I just did something. I and then, and then uh, Armor has to, like, shave her head, basically. Because <laughs> she had <laughs> so wax gross. all in her hair. So that was pretty funny. Uh, and then what else was there? There was another X book, right? I think just Uncanny, Amazing, and Next. Was there an X-Force? No, we talked about that already. No, yeah, we did. Uh, we did have an X character in Jessica Jones. Mm, Me and Mrs. Jones. Me and Mrs. Mrs. What's my name? Mrs. Jones. Jessica Jones, I will say I loved the art at the beginning of this. Uh, This third one where she's being basically brainwashed by the purple man's son. And the art is just very, how would you describe it? Just, I mean, I just don't want to say cartoony. But it uh, reminds ha- me of the artist from X-Force, actually. But it also, but it's better than that. It almost like looks like old Superman cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they go back to the original artist when she As wakes soon, up. When she wakes up, yeah. And I kind when of love that. she puts that thing back on her ear. And that's it's the great. thing is in it, she's like, so basically this little kid who's the son is kind of holding Jessica and Luke hostage and they're being brainwashed with the purple powers and there's this door and she keeps on wanting to go through the door and he's like, nope, you don't need to go through that door, mommy. Don't go through the door. And then the fact no, that mommy. he's the fact that he's their kid is so fucked up and weird and twisted. Fucked like up. Like that kid is like that son is fucked up. And she finally goes through and it's Emma basically calling out to her to get her to wake her the fuck up. And there's Emma in a fucking coma. And then um finally they kind of like the only way she can beat him is by letting the purple man possess her body. Ugh. The actual purple man, not the yes. purple son who was behind this whole thing. 
And then uh, she's, I love yeah. the notion that the door kept appearing because Emma was piercing through. Yeah. That was fantastic. Because I expected Emma to show up, you know, and kind of oh, knock him yeah. out from behind. Um, but no, she did it in a much more Emma Frost way. And eventually the purple man ends up going, they catch him, but the sun gets away, but the purple man is now back in jail. And, uh, and it turns out that the daughter is still there. She just was kind of injected. It was kind of like a wah-wah ending. It, yeah. Purple girl and the purple children, they're, they're on the side of angels. They helped take down what turns out to be the purple man who was still alive. Poor Carol. She was brainwashed into thinking she threw him into the sun. Oh no. Um, was hoping that wasn't coming, but it did. And then his like kind of human son that took his dad's blood and like, I'm like, okay. The story is great. The writing is great. Um, the reveal, I was like, we want, but the best part is at the end when Emma finally wakes up and just punches her in the face. Oh my God. And goes, Oh, excuse me. I was, um, I was disoriented. <laughs> no, you weren't, bitch. <laughs> and then she's like, Ooh, that little fuck. I'm going to make him think he's that idiot who started the fire festival. <laughs> she's so funny. And then it was just like, I don't know for like, what did she say? Like, I don't know who owes who. And she's like, bitch, I was in a coma. You uh, owe right. me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, fucking love Emma Frost. God, I love her so much. She legit, if there was a bracket of Marvel heroes and it was who's the funniest, I mean, I think she'd make it to the final four easy. Oh, please. I mean, that's the thing is she's, she's, she's number one. She's legitimately funny. Iceman is like dad jokes. Right. Right. Like who else? Like, would I mean, be out of there? all of Marvel, like even like Deadpool. Oh, out of everybody. Oh, yeah, I think she's better than Deadpool. She's fucking hilarious. She is the funniest character in this shit. So read some X-Men, guys, because some good shit. Shit's about to go down. And if you're gay and you don't know about Emma Frost, you should. You should. Learn because, about it. Because she is what we should all strive to be. She is, and this is the thing, is like people, and I know this is like cross-referencing things, but I think Emma Frost, like my love for Emma Frost is also why I'm a Slytherin in the Harry Potter universe. Yes, me too. Every quiz I take. Every quiz I take, I'm a Slytherin because it's just like, I'm cunning. I view being cunning and witty is the most important thing. Absolutely. And can I also just say... uh this whole thing of, like, everyone thinking Hufflepuffs are cool, they're not. They're not. There's a goddamn musical in New York called Puffs that's about Hufflepuffs. And I'm like, everyone loves the Hufflepuffs. Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. Great. That's, Me. like, that's just, like, being, like, oh, guess what? I get C's and I don't have a personality. Yay! Let's all celebrate that. Fucking mediocrity. A soft pillow in the shape of a lolly and turn it into a person, it would be a Hufflepuff. I just saw what's the name of the gay president, the guy, the gay president candidate? Booty Judge. There's an article came out being like, 
another reason to love Judge or however you say his name. He's a Hufflepuff. And I'm like, burn this article down. Well, I I'm was going to vote for him. I know. I'm turning off the internet. Buttigieg. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Um, I really hope he's president. And uh, I'm obsessed with his husband, Chasen. I heard he's a big Twitter. Chastin? Like he has some good Twitter stuff going on. Yeah. I feel like he's some tw- like former twink nonsense though. Well, Landed all my thing smart is husband. how is a gay this gay guy think he's going to become president without like are you telling me you were never on grinder? Are you telling me that you don't have a dick pic out there? And if you don't, that's even weirder. That makes me I not trust just, you as a as a as a he's very I mean, Christian. I think he is very he Christian. He wants to be he is he is Christian and he wants to be president. He probably always has. So he stays off that shit. The two things he's wanted was Dick and the Oval. Booty Judge. Um, let's wrap this up real quick. Okay. With uh Ew. Ew, I also Ew. read a DC book. Ew, I read a DC book too. Ugh. It was so painful. Ugh, I read two of them. Oh my god, which ones? Actually, they were they were pretty good. I read uh Teen Titans and uh the second uh Wonder Twins. Oh, okay, tell me, tell me. Um the second Wonder Twins basically it's actually really smart. Uh in their home planet, what's their home planet again, the Wonder Twins? Xandar? Xandar. No. Maybe, whatever. We'll go with it. Uh, there's no prisons. Like, no one goes to jail. And in it, Jaina, they're just like, what do you mean there's no prisons? What do they do? And you're like, well, if someone does something wrong, we reform them and we make them be better. Like, we punish them, but they don't just go to jail. And it was all about how basically the jails are all owned by Lex Luthor and all of the prisoners now just, like, work for his company. And so she's like, so we're all just arresting prisoners and having them work for Lex Luthor? Doesn't that seem dumb? And all the Justice League is like, what? Well, you know, not a perfect system, but you got to work with what you work with. Oh, what are you going to do? You're just a kid. And Jaina's like the one who's just like, like completely over everything. And then uh, what's the brother's name? Zan. Zan is just like loving everything. He's like a total idiot, like a bimbo. And they go to visit Beast Boy, who's like an actor. And there's just like a great moment where they're like, we're going to have Beast Boy kind of run you through the thing since he's a teen hero to kind of give, let you know what to expect. And then Jaina just looks at him and she's like, ugh, this is what I have to look forward to. And then it cuts to Zan and he's like, oh my God, this is what I have to look forward to. Like they're just like complete opposites. Okay. And, uh, and then there's a battle scene where uh, Zan uses his dumb water ice powers and it's actually not that bad. What does he do? He, like, basically hides as a puddle, and uh, the, the person they're battling is Druncula. Yes. Which, is that a real thing? Was that a real character? I don't think so. But Druncula, who basically only wants to drink the blood of drunk people. But he's, <laughs> he's now sober for 30 days, and he's in a program. So he's like trying to be good, but he goes, he's like part of this, it's called the League of Annoyance, which is this like low level bad guy group. And so he's basically on a mission and he's just like trying to not 
uh, bite anyone that's been drinking because he's sober. Anyway, Zan hides as a puddle. So when he walks over the puddle, he turns into an ice spike and like pummels him to the ground. And then when he goes to punch him, he just turns to water and like splashes out of the way so he can't punch him. And then uh, Jaina just turns into a big gorilla and beats the shit out of him. And they end up having to bring him to one of these jails. But they're like, oh, we don't have enough room for him. And she's like, well, he's an alcoholic. He can't have this. He can't have this. And he's um, uh, Dracula, so he can't be with other people. And in the end, they come back to pick him up for his arraignment. And they're like, oh, we didn't have any room for him, so we just put him in the drunk tank. (laughs) And they open the door, and he's just literally murdered and ate everyone in the drunk tank. And he just goes, why? Why did you do this to me? I had 30 days. <laughs> 30 days. It's like kind of hilarious. It's really fucking smart and funny. Like I just give it a one ooh. Love it. Hey, that's great. They had me when Zan in issue one was overcome with the thunder lust and spooched all over his <laughs> And the other one I read was Teen Titans. And that one is the one where it's uh, Damian Wayne, Robin, with Kid Flash. And then there's the daughter of Lobo, the fourth, Dijin, the 4,000-year-old teenager, who I don't know who the fuck that is. And then the female Red Arrow. And then there's the mm-hmm. Asian guy who's like turns into a big wrecking ball. I basically think he's the Gold Balls version in the DC universe. Oh, great. Yeah. Anyway, they just are going after Deathstroke. And... Uh, Deathstroke, uh, not, yeah, that's his name. What's his name? Wade something, Wade? Yeah, Wade um, Slade. 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 And they apparently Kid Flash has a history with him. Do you know what that is? He's like, well, all I know is that I always think of Destro when I hear Deathstroke. I know that Deathstroke is like the Teen Titans main villain. Yes. But I don't know why. Well, apparently him, like, he, like, basically brainwashed Kid Flash to be part of his team for, like, years ago or something. In some former run. I don't know. Anyway, basically, they were like, we need to take Deathstroke down. He's murdering all these people. We need to take him down, but he keeps escaping from prisons. So Robin was like, I have a plan. And they end up uh, going to his barber. They figure out where he gets a barber, and they, like, disguise as barbers. So while he's going to get a shave, they try to like they like lace the shaver with like a like something to paralyze him, but he like realizes it and they have this big battle, but in the end, Damian Wayne gets the razor on him and then catch captures him. And so then he's kind of like, here you are, and I won, and I got you. And Deathstroke is like, no, you don't got me. I mean, I would have escaped by now. And he's like, no, yeah, 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 of course, whatever. Of course you would have escaped. He's like, no, 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 I actually want to stay. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, I need to stay because I need to fix you. And he says that to Robin. And then that's how it ends. (gasps) So it's like kind of (laughs) creepy. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was the cover of that book something about Slade and Robin? I mean, you or see no. Deathstroke. No, he's like on the cover battling all of them. Oh, okay. Because I read Justice League number 20. Were they in that, both of them? No. Oh, okay. 
but it's another example of oh, a of the, oh, of the bad guy that's the big reveal is on the cover? Or the, yes, yes. Why do they keep doing or, that? Or the cover is about the thing that doesn't happen till the very last page and why it's a cliffhanger. They, why are it they doing the that? It is the cover for next issue, friends. So the cover of Justice League 20 is Battle of the Superman, and it's an older Superman versus our Superman uh, fighting with Mr. Mixoplixix in the middle. And it isn't until the very last page that Superman confronts the older Superman. They don't even fight. The older Superman is just like, I'm here. Hello. Yeah, they just, it's that thing of the fight of the people that are trying to sell the comics versus the people, like, actual just good writing. <laughs> like, what's the like point? The weird mentality of, like, people yeah. being excited for the next thing while the current thing is still out. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, enjoy this thing first. I know, right? Give us a second. That's why we, um, I used to do a superhero sketch show every year, and my favorite title they were called the Assemblers. My favorite title was Assemblers 3, Countdown to Assemblers 4. <laughs> I thought that title captured exactly how I feel. DC books, be, their covers be pulling some shit sometimes. Anyway, the Justice League goes to the sixth dimension. They meet, they meet their like future selves. They're living some utopian existence. Uh, the... Um, it's stuff about the source wall and uh, an a, a all-powerful evil being called Perpetua. Um, weird things happening with dreams and, and things coming true. Very House of M kind of stuff. Um, you know Starro the Conqueror? Like the big starfish? I don't, I don't, I've no, I don't know who that is. Okay. Oh, there's a Jaro who, anyway, Jaro thinks he's Robin, but he's a starfish. Um, what? Green Lantern and Flash meet a, it's John Stewart, Green Lantern. They meet a future Green Lantern and Flash that are like, no, man, we're best buds. We barbecue all the time. We've got great families and we can time travel and see any of our dead relatives anytime we want. What? Hawkeye and Martian Manhunter meet an older, uh, not Hawkeye, Hawk Girl and Martian Manhunter meet an older version of themselves that are married and have a kid. And then and there's the an older Superman too. Every, there's an older thing of everybody. Older thing of everybody. Wonder Woman meets an older her that made Themyscira like the um, like paradise it was, it was always meant to be. Um, the kid that future Martian Manhunter and future Hawk Girl have is adorable. He's like a little Martian Manhunter, but with big hawk wings. Uh, oh, Batman meets his future self, but it turns out his future self is Dick Grayson because Batman died a hero and everybody worships him and he's the symbol of everything everyone could be. And Dick Grayson takes up the mantle and he's healthy and fine. Anyway, later, they cut to Martian Manhunter and Hawkeye, Hawkgirl's kid, and the kid goes... Um, this place, these people, they're not what you think. Here, I'll show you. And his eyes light up and they're like, oh, no, it can't be. And it's pretty cool. And there's some Mr. Mixoplick weird stuff. And it turns out the Legion of Doom. Wait, Uthor, wait, what is, what Brainiac is he? have their own. Wait, what does he show them? It's a cliffhanger. Oh, okay. 
Well. And then it ends with Superman like trying to get out of some trap he's in, and then the older Superman shows up and he's like, "Let's talk, Clark." And I'm like, "Yeah, but your cover had them fighting. Your cover had them doing what they're doing next issue." Ugh. Your cover is about the very last page reveal. Stop it. Yeah. I'm like Jessica Jones on the cover. Help me! Cause help me, DC. <laughs> Get it together, DC. Get it together. Stop blowing your wad. Yeah. Stop spoiling shit. Ugh. Well. All right. I'm so mad. How I many have to ews? End show. How many ews? So <gasps> ew, ew, ew. Three ews. Because okay. it was. Beautifully drawn by that sexy Jorge, uh, Jorge Jimenez. Um, oh yeah, and it was it's and I like Mister Mixoplexix and Six Dimension stuff, um, but still. Oh, and I give Teen Titans two two oos. Ooh, ooh. Okay, not bad. Well, we did it. We did it. We dove in hard to a lot of things, and ironically, devoted most of this show to future stuff, and then afterwards. I rallied against the publisher who was making a big deal about future stuff. So who knows? Who knows what twists, turns, and contradictions we're going to take on Comic Book Queer's legacy? Yes, it's all a rich tapestry, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, next week we're going to have more stuff and more contradictions and more hypocrisy. And we'll definitely be talking about sex and men and comics and that's right, Emma Frost. And remember, my dear friends, if you like to read comics, well, I hate to break well, it to that you. That makes you oh, that makes you queer. queer. I hate to break it to you. Sorry, you're gay. Bye. Bye.